And then with Jordan Harbinger, he's the only one I've ever done this for. But that was kind of a pay for play, which I talk about in my book, where that was like 300 to get him on my show. But oh, interesting. But it went okay. to charity. But I've never done that before. And I probably wouldn't normally because that's like 300 to me when I'm trying to operate under 100 a month. That's like three months. Anyway, <laughs> but I feel like it was worth it since he's like one of the biggest podcasters. Hello, you're listening to Podcast Growth Hacks, where I talk to podcasters of all experience levels to unpack the most powerful growth tactics they used to grow their podcast. I'm Pat Chung. And if you're a podcaster, well then subscribe so that together we can all learn and experiment with how to grow our own podcasts. Today, we're chatting with Sarah St. John, the host of Frugalpreneur Podcast. She's been doing this podcast since June of 2019 with over 165 episodes. She's created several startups of her own and has been an entrepreneur for over a decade. She has also published several books on podcasting, and I wanted to have her on the show to learn how she managed to get some very notable guests on her show from two industries I follow closely, the startup industry and the podcasting industry. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Well, thanks for coming on. Well, today we want to learn all the things you did to grow the Frugal Entrepreneur podcast. But before we dive into all that, tell us a bit about your podcast. What's it, what's it about? Yeah, so the tagline for it is building a business on a bootstrap budget and it's basically for people who either already have an online business or are wanting to start an online business and how to run it. Um, ideally for under a hundred a month, that's my goal. And that's wow. what I run my businesses for. So $100? I talk dollars. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's great. Well, then, and that's why I say online business, because if it's like a brick and mortar or retail, that's not possible. That reminds me of the book. Uh, have you read Chris Gillibo's book, hundred dollars startup? Yes, I, I actually course. have read all his books. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And so sometimes I'll have people on who have started their business with under a thousand and then bootstrapped it up to at least seven figures, not like per year, but total. And the steps and processes that they went through to get there without like getting credit or loans or venture capital or investments or any of that. Uh, so that's some of my interviews. Other interviews are with like the CEOs or founders or someone within a company of like a software that I use or recommend, which by the way, and we'll talk maybe after, but I'd love to get you on my show to talk about Pod Inbox. <laughs> I'd love to. So how the idea to even start the podcast, it was actually kind of an accident in a way because I wrote a book. What My first book was called Frugalpreneur. And so I started the podcast to coincide with a book like as an extra marketing lover, but it was just going to be like 10 episodes, but I got more leverage and traction with the podcast. And I love the networking. So I just <laughs> kept it going now through over three years and a hundred and something episodes, 150, 160 episodes. And so that's what it's about. And then I do some solo episodes. I'm going to try to do more of that where I focus on a specific software that I use or recommend that's either free or like really affordable, hmm. like usually under 20 a month that helps me run my business. 
That's really cool. First, I mean, I got to uh, congratulate you on the name. I love the name Frugopreneur. I kind of consider myself a Frugopreneur as well. <laughs> I am very active in this bootstrap world, so I really appreciate your podcast. And it's funny that you say you stumbled onto it as an accident, this podcast, because you have great guests. I mean, mm -hmm. when you look at your lineup of guests, it doesn't seem like an accident. How did yes. that happen? <laughs> well, I mean, I guess technically it's on accident because it's not like I accidentally recorded episodes, but <laughs> I, I guess an accident in that my intention wasn't mm -hmm. for it to be some long-term thing. But yeah, I've had like Pat Flynn, Jordan Harbinger, I'm trying to think of who else that people might know joel com a lot of people in the podcasting space as well i have john lee dumas coming up mm. and that's amazing um, yeah so well that so all of that's definitely not on accident <laughs> and i guess i i even think of all the other people that you might not be naming it's all these software ceos who mm. i follow <laughs> oh uh-huh so how did how do you even approach people like that because i think you started having these people on there from almost day one of your podcast, right? Yeah. So like the first few episodes, I think I interviewed someone with King Sumo, which is part of AppSumo. Um, Thinkific, Mailer Light, oh, who else? Privy, Mobile Monkey. Basically, I just reached out to the companies that I either used or recommended or that I referred to in my book. And you know, I mentioned, you know, I mentioned you in my book and wondered if you wanted to come on my podcast. And yeah, most of the time people are willing to come on <laughs> your podcast to talk about their software. So that's super interesting. Yeah, you're right. Cause I would, I would come on to your podcast for sure. Yeah. So you originally intended to more sell the book, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's what the podcast was originally intended for was kind of like a complimentary to the book to help sell the book but then the podcast became its own thing basically <laughs> <laughs> it's neat because it, it's almost like you could use a book as a lever to get these people on because you're right it sounds so much more compelling when you said i included you in our book mm -hmm. would you also want to uh, be part of our podcast mm -hmm. um it sounds like that wasn't the intent but that's what happened right yeah so it helped in that regard and and actually so i actually have four books my most recent one i just came out with called 27 ways to market and monetize podcast and in one of the things i talk about in that is the value of having a book if you're a podcast host but especially if you're a podcast guest and to use that book as like your lead magnet well so for people who are listening uh you and i met in person at podcast movement a couple of weeks ago and i was handing out those books left and right <laughs> i brought like a hundred <laughs> copies um wow. but yeah so just handing them out for free but the goal or intention is that people get to know like and trust you and then maybe hire you for something uh i was promoting my course in the book and production and marketing agency as well. And so, but I just think like having a book or even if it's just an ebook, if you're a podcast guest to have mm -hmm. that as like your call to action. 
Yeah, for sure. I love it. Let's dive into that book a little bit. And I do want to get in your podcast and learn how you grew that mm -hmm. as well. But I like the book tactic because you're right. The moment you saw me at Podcast Movement, you're like, you mind taking a look at the book? Let's unpack that a little bit. How long did it take for you to write that book? And how much does it cost to even have like 100 copies? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that book, I wrote little bits at a time. And so technically, you could say it was maybe, I don't know, at least six months. But that was only because I was maybe writing not even an hour a week, if that. I was just right. writing here and there where I could. And it's a short book. It's only like 70 pages, I think. It takes right. maybe 45 minutes to read, which is another thing I recommend is to have a short <laughs> book so that someone actually finishes it. Um, I, I, by the way, I really agree with that because so many of these books are just, you know, way too long, quite honestly. Like, I feel like a lot of it could be summarized yeah. in a couple of pages, but I liked how your book was thin. Yeah, I got that comment a lot. A lot of people were like, oh, I love how thin it is. I'm going to read this on the, <laughs> on the plane back. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, as far as cost goes, so, okay, so I self-published through Amazon and there's no mm -hmm. cost to do that. Now, obviously, it costs money to print up books. Now, the mm -hmm. thing with self-publishing through Amazon and probably several other places is that you don't have to order a bunch of books and store. Like, it's print on demand. So someone goes on the website or goes on Amazon, sees your book, mm -hmm. buys it. They print it and ship it. Like, you don't. But I printed up a whole bunch of copies for myself to take to Podcast Movement. And the cost was it was under three dollars a book i believe oh okay you can order oh and it was kind of a whole fiasco so the initial plan was to order author copies which okay. basically you only pay the print price like how much it costs to actually print it which is like I under see. three bucks and you do have to pay for shipping even if you have prime but it said it was going to take <laughs> 10 days at least but if i ordered it as a customer I would get it like in two days. And so, oh. <laughs> so what I did, cause I was trying to get this book done before podcast movement. So I put me in a position where <laughs> I had to like order as a customer so I could get it in two days, which by the way, they lost the order. And so I had to order again. Anyway, fortunately I, oh, I, I did get them in before, but because I was ordering them as a customer. So the print version I have priced at nine ninety five. Well, I didn't want to pay $9.95. And so I just dropped the price as low as it let me, which was like $5.58. Mm -hmm. And so I ordered 100 copies at that price. But and now it's back up to $9.95. But <laughs> like of that $5.58, I get like a $1.05 royalty back because it's like a sale, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> right. So basically, I ended up spending, I would say, yeah, four bucks. Oh, I see. So you just um, bought it as a customer to get the fast shipping. You bought 100 copies at mm -hmm. when it all netted out to be about four bucks a copy. Yeah. Yeah. That's basically what oh, it came great. to. Yeah. That's cool. And are you selling it at nine, nine something right now? Yeah. So the print version is nine ninety five. I bumped it back up to that. And then, but I do give away the whole free plus shipping, which I talk about in my book, like the free plus shipping model. So I do mm -hmm. give away the book for free on my website if you pay $4.95 shipping. So they're still getting like half off, basically, which that's just covering the cost of like the actual book printing 
because yeah because i do have to pay for the shipping because it would be considered an author copy anyway it's like this whole thing <laughs> sorry i'm getting way <laughs> too more you... into the weeds <laughs> no actually i like that so when someone gets that lead lead magnet uh I, I take it you just do that to get their email address right do you fulfill that through amazon yeah so the way so okay the way most people do it is either they give away the free ebook for an exchange for your email address, or they'll do the free plus shipping with the physical book where the book is free. They just pay whatever for shipping. Um, the way I decided to do it was set it up to where they could choose. So if they want the ebook, it's free in exchange for their email. Mm -hmm. it, for the physical, it's the $4.95 for the shipping. But then there's like a bump offer, like for the course that I have, it's 97 bucks. And then, so it's kind of like a funnel basically. So mm -hmm. either way I would be getting their email address. And then if they pay for the physical book, there's like the upsell opportunity. I see. That's interesting. And when you do sell it, when you charge for the shipping, are you collecting that money? Or are you somehow routing it through Amazon? Oh, that's right. You had asked that. Um, so there's a couple of ways you can do it. I have about 20 copies left that I didn't give out at podcast oh. movement. And so the, the orders that I'm currently getting, I'm actually putting in an envelope and sending out on my own. I see. Okay. So then I do pay for the shipping, which I think is what the media mail shipping now is three, some like three fifty plus the envelopes mm. like 50 cents. So it's still like four bucks to send out a copy but once I run out of those, then I'm just going to do it as an author copy and send it that way. So it would probably still be about, I think it's six bucks, actually, if I do it that way. But yeah, then I Got can it. just do it straight through Amazon. Like I'll get their contact, like their I address see. and everything, because it goes through Stripe. And then I'll right. get all their information and just put that into Amazon to ship it directly to them. Got it. Yeah. And right now where can people go find the book on your website? Uh, yeah. So they can get a free version, either the ebook or the print book, but with shipping on that one uh, at podseam.com, P-O-D-S-E-A-M.com slash free book. Or if they want it on Amazon, it's there as well. Cool. Well, I'll include both links in the show notes. So th thanks for sharing about that. Mm -hmm. um, so let's uh, move back to your um, podcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about your podcast. Um, how did you grow your podcast and where where's the growth now? So one thing, and, and I talk about this in the book that like, I feel like I found some kind of unique ways to grow a podcast and to monetize one. One way that I've noticed that grows it aside from, well, first of all, guesting on other shows like I'm doing right now, <laughs> because if they're listening to your show, they're likely to maybe check out my show. I mean, if someone's already listening to a podcast that you're a guest on, the chances that they'll check out your podcast are, you know, because they're already there. Sure. So aside from guesting, doing promo swaps, like where either you could have a trailer that you put into someone else's, you know, and arrange this with them, obviously you'd have to, mm -hmm. but work something out where you can like swap out either trailers or even each other's episode like say someone has an episode on their show that i really would just love my audience to hear 
like they could give me the file and I could put it in my feed in exchange mm-hmm. for me to put one of my shows in their feed. Or you could do pod swaps where you're on each other's show or even like recording one episode together that goes in both RSS feeds. Yeah. Like there's just so many ways to kind of leverage other people's audience with their podcasts. And I don't know if you'd call it a joint venture, but, you know, swapping out <laughs> yeah. each other's. Um, so that's one way I've really found to be. Yeah, I like the joint show tactic because, you know, we've heard of episode swaps before. I feel like it's a little weird for the listener. Yeah, with those, I definitely recommend putting recording like your own intro beforehand, explaining what the heck's going on. Like, don't just put in their file as if it was in their own feed. Like, you'd want to say, this is an episode of whatever podcast I thought it would be useful or helpful mm. information. And anyway, so yeah, you definitely want to put a little intro beforehand. Otherwise, right. a person listening is going to be like, what is happening? Did I click on the <laughs> wrong show? <laughs> right. Have you tried one of these techniques and which one has worked best for you? So I haven't yet tried one where I bring in someone else's episode and, or vice versa, but I have done is I was a guest on someone else's show and particularly liked how the interview went or like I talked about stuff that I hadn't really in other interviews and things like that. Mm -hmm. And so I had asked them if I could have the file. So it's me talking in the episode. She's interviewing me, but I put that into my show, but I did record like a little intro beforehand saying, this is a guest interview I did for this other show, but it's stuff I haven't talked about before. Plus, then it helps grow her show, too, possibly, because then, yeah, if you had to pick one thing to do, I think that method versus like you were talking about where you just completely take their episode and you're not even in the episode and it's just one of their episodes and you put it in your show. I think that's okay, like once or twice here or there. But, you know, (laughs) I think it works better if you're a part of the episode in some way, shape or form. Right, right. And I've seen that technique done. And and you're right. The one time I've seen that technique done, it was with this podcast called Mixergy. You might know oh, that uh-huh. one by Andrew Warner. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he rarely gets interviewed or, you know, he's so known for interviews. So I rarely hear him get interviewed by other podcasts. But one time he, yeah, he featured an interview of himself uh, by somebody else on his own podcast. And sure enough, I did exactly what you said. I was like, oh, that person was actually a really good interviewer. <laughs> Go check out other podcasts. So I do like that technique. Yeah. Um, back up a little bit. Why are you even doing this podcast? What's the purpose of it? Is it a hobby or is it for monetization? Or I mean, I guess it started, well, I don't even know that it started as a hobby because I guess the intention was to help with the book. And then I guess it did kind of become a hobby when I kept going, but now it's become more of a business, not directly as much as just now I'm in all things podcasting with the book, the course, the production agency. So it's not direct monetization off the podcast itself, Mm -hmm. but just although I have direct monetized it with some sponsorships and things like that, but that was more like me testing different things. 
Um, <laughs> right. So it sounds like it just acts as like part of your ecosystem yeah. of being a podcaster. Now you have a podcast book, you have a podcast course. And do you see all that stuff as side income or is that kind of your primary income? Currently, you could say it's side income, but the goal is for it to become hopefully by 2023, my main source. Right. That's that's very cool. So you're all in mm -hmm. on podcasting. Yep. And I know your main podcast, The Frugalpreneur, is kind of targeted. And maybe I should ask you, who is your target audience? Because from what I see, it seems like it's kind of for entrepreneurs and bootstrappers. It even seems like it trends more towards software type people. Mm -hmm. How are you going to use this to engage podcasters? Or are you already starting to go that direction? Yeah, so the podcast is definitely for people who either have an online business or want to start one and who are looking for like software tools to help make that affordable, to streamline it. Because a lot of what I talk about is different software programs or techniques and things like that. But I thought about how does that tie in? I mean, yes, it's a podcast, so therefore it's tying into podcasting. But now that I'm kind of all in on podcasting in that industry and whatnot, mm -hmm. and a lot of the episodes, I would say at least 20 of them, are specifically about podcasting. And so mm -hmm. sometimes I think, oh, maybe I should change it to just be about podcasting but then i'm like oh but i like talking about all this other stuff too so i think that's why i'm asking you because i have these two similar interests too i love uh bootstrapping and i love podcasts and i'm like how do i should i create two separate podcasts uh, <laughs> because it seems like it's two different audiences so how do you reconcile that yeah so actually um, one thing i did and this is actually one of the things that i talked about in that um Okay, so the podcast that I was a guest on that I brought that audio file into my podcast is called Be Bold Begin by Christina Barcy. Mm. And one of the things I talked about in that podcast that I hadn't really talked about before was, okay, so my first book was Frugalpreneur, which I started the podcast off of. But then I wrote a second book called Authorpreneur about the process of self-publishing. And then mm -hmm. I wrote a third book called Podcastpreneur which is like podcasting 101 and so i call it like the preneur trilogy or whatever and that wasn't actually <laughs> okay. my intention to start it was just kind of like i got these new ideas so what i did though i like by the way i like all the results of your non-intention <laughs> <laughs> it all seems very well done and so what i did was i had several episodes on frugalpreneur that had to do specifically with podcasting or self-publishing like i had kind of during covid and stuff i had had kind of these theme weeks like i had a week or two of just interviews about self-publishing and then just about podcasting so what i decided to do with the launch of those other two books was to just pull the episodes from frugalpreneur that had to do with either self-publishing or podcasting and mm -hmm. create a new podcast also called authorpreneur and podcastpreneur to coincide with those books. I kind of just rinse and repeat. And so those episodes are still in frugalpreneur, but the ones specifically on self-publishing are also on this authorpreneur podcast. And the ones specifically about podcasting are on the podcastpreneur podcast. And I actually don't even market advertise anything. Those other two, because they're just <laughs> spinoff shows. Interesting. <laughs> they're repurposed basically. But 
at least that way it's like if someone's specifically looking for that topic then there's a podcast with 10 20 episodes and every now and then if i have a new episode and frugalpreneur that has to do with either of those topics then i will add it to that feed as well right but that's brilliant i actually no you're right i didn't even know about those two in researching you but you just kind of have that there as like an audio resource yeah. or a companion to the book that's cool yeah yeah and then so now this fourth book i didn't do that with because it, it's not even part of that it's like a whole separate thing it's not really beginning podcasting like the podcastpreneur it's more like in depth if you already have a podcast this is how to market and monetize it and i didn't end up doing a podcast to coincide with that Mm -hmm. i was like i'm just gonna do the book this time well i did a course (laughs) instead of a podcast with that one i guess (laughs) right yeah so let's talk about the course a little bit it sounds like all the work you're doing with your frugalpreneur podcast is trying to get the listener into this ecosystem where you have uh, books courses let's talk about the course a little bit you're driving people to the course what's that about yeah so Kind of like with the book where I have the option of either having the free ebook or the free print book. So with the course, there's a free version and a paid version. And the paid version is still only 97 bucks. But basically, it includes the stuff that the free version does, which is like a community and recommended resources and some like video walkthroughs. But then... Is it one of these self-paced courses? Oh, or... yeah. Yeah. Okay, so they don't get it to spend time with you and all that kind of thing. No, I mean maybe I'll add that at some <laughs> point, but um, I ask that because like there's such a trend towards these cohort-based courses. Uh, so it sounds like this is more of a self-based one versus mm-hmm. a cohort-based course. Yeah, and then so then with the paid one, it's like I also have templates and trackers that I made in Airtable podcast trackers or guest outreach mm-hmm. and then scripts sponsorship scripts things like that and then um actually i don't know if you said it yet but what's the course called oh podcast profit pro it's podcast oh podcast profit pro uh-huh. okay so and the premises of it is what does the student get in taking this course so basically it it kind of coincides with the book but it's more in depth because it's instead of just talking about how to market and monetize a podcast it's like giving you the actual resources like guest templates sponsorship templates or scripts mm-hmm. like Airtable where they can kind of track who they've reached out to when how when that kind of thing and then also the plan is to do like a weekly Wednesday walkthrough. That's what I'm calling it because I like my alliteration. <laughs> and <laughs> where I'll do like a walkthrough video of a certain ad platform, like Buzzsprout ads is one that I'm going to do and Podcorn and different things like that. So I love how you're like really into tools. What tools are you using to execute on all these? Oh, like the ones that I'm going to do the walkthroughs on and stuff. Or like the the entire course from beginning to end, are you using something like Kajabi oh, or are you, you just putting it on, on? Yeah. Okay. So one thing I love doing is like researching different software and finding the most affordable way to do something. Mm-hmm. And so I found something that's kind of like ClickFunnels or Kartra or whatever, uh, or Kajabi, but it's a lot cheaper and it's called System. It's S-Y-S-T-E-M-E dot I-O. And 
they have a free option, first of all, which I started with. Now I'm on the $27 a month option. But like you can create landing pages, sales funnels, courses, membership sites. They just added community. Um, yeah, and it, it's so far, it's like the most affordable and easiest thing. Because I've tried all those others, at least on the free trials. Or like I've tried Groove.cm groove funnels mm. which also has a free plan but it it was a lot more confusing for me but this one is just so simple and easy oh and email marketing it includes like everything basically <laughs> that's cool so when are you hoping to launch this course well so it actually it's already live so everything is in it right now except for the weekly walkthroughs like the, so everything is live in there except for these weekly walkthroughs it'll be updated then basically every week <laughs> oh i see so even though a student signs up for i think you said 99 dollars or whatever to take the course they'll still continue to get access to these ongoing weekly walkthroughs right yeah and i imagine at some point i'm either thinking of increasing the price or making it like a membership where it's like you know 10 bucks right. a month or 50 bucks a month or something like that but at least starting out it's just the flat one time 97 and then grandfathered in to whatever ends up being in the future. Right, right. Well, I want to ask how all these things are going in terms of some numbers. Um, I mean, let's start off with the Frugalpreneur podcast. You've been doing this for 165 episodes. Where, where are you at today? Uh, so are you talking about like download per episode or like total downloads Maybe both. Yeah. Okay. Downloads per episode. I'm always curious about. So on average, and this sounds low, I don't know. On average, it's probably about 150 an episode. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Though I have had some that I've gotten into like the 500s. Now, one I released fairly recently, not this last one, but like two podcasts ago is over a thousand downloads. And I think that's because so headliner has this new thing called disco which is like mm -hmm. an, an, an ad platform and apparently when i went to podcast movement i signed up i don't even remember doing this because probably because <laughs> i visited every booth i don't remember what i did at each booth but apparently sure. i had signed up for like a free trial of the ad platform and so they mm -hmm. went ahead and set it up and yeah so I, i've gotten like over a thousand downloads because of that ad Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and basically the way their ads are different because it's, so for people who don't know, Headliner is where it'll take your audio or your video and turn it into like audiograms or clips, captions, you know, for social media, basically. But mm. the way this works is like the people who are on the free plan with Headliner while they're waiting for their audiogram or whatever it is to get created they're presented with someone else's audiogram who's running an ad <laughs> that they listen to so they're listening to the podcast but through an audiogram type thing and it's still registering somehow with download numbers like yeah i use captivate for my host and it's showing and then i use chartable as well and it's showing in both of those um yeah that's super interesting yeah yeah i looked into disco a little bit very interesting product i think they also do this thing where they publish these carousels mm -hmm. 
of little clips or audiograms on other major websites. And it seems like they're trying to be like an ad network, I think. So kind of helping podcasters with discovery and I think charging for it based on the number of downloads, right? Um, I think it's yeah. like $25 per 100 listens or something like that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's not bad. I always just wonder how they convert from listens to actual Subscribe. subscribers. Yeah, that's yeah. That I don't know. I haven't looked into that yet. I've just been looking at the download numbers themselves. It's definitely helped with that. Yeah, I mean, it definitely seems like an interesting way to get some exposure, at least. Mm. Looking at the spikes of the other episodes, like if your average is 150, sometimes you said you get to like 300 or something. What do you think you attribute that to? Yeah, so... There was one in particular that I got, I think it was in the 500s, in that particular episode. And I don't know if maybe he shared it with his audience, which is, first of all, getting a guest to share your episode, at least if they're bigger or something, is difficult. But um, his name is Yui Abraham, U-Y-I. And basically, his episode was about how he came to America from, I forget what country it is, but it's in Africa, with only 100 bucks. And how he was able to bootstrap. And now he has three software companies worth, I don't know, in the millions. And he bootstrapped it kind of by, I forget exactly what the first thing he did was. But then when he got like $2,000, then he bought a camera and started doing photography, which then got him up to the next. He just kind of stair-stepped it. Mm-hmm. And I think the podcast title was something like from 100 to 7 figures, something like that. So I think titles definitely and that's one thing i've been more cognizant of is like i think titles have numbers in it or like even if it's like the three steps to whatever anything with a number in it right definitely seems to get more downloads do you know if he helped promote it see like you were saying that's what i don't know i mean even if he did i don't know that his audience is that large of an audience um because i've had people Mm -hmm. you know share out an episode before that I'm pretty sure has a bigger audience than he does. Mm. But then, so I don't know. I think it probably had to do with the title. Right. For my show being called Frugalpreneur, the title of that particular episode was very on track, like from from $100 to seven figures, you know? Um, right. So I think that played a big factor. Yeah, titles are so important. And I'm also glad that you brought up that sometimes it's not easy to ask some of these A-list type people to share your podcast because we hear it so often from coaches like get your guests to promote. But I think sometimes it's easier said than done Mm -hmm. because when you have a smaller podcast, there's just really no there's nothing in it for them. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, it might detract a little bit from whatever message they're trying to portray on their social media. Yeah, I think like for a smaller show, the advantage of having like a bigger name person on is more for credibility for yourself, for your show, mm. than it is for mm. them to share it with their audience because they probably won't because either they're on a million shows already talking about the same thing or they just it's not on their priority list really they're already right. popular and famous enough they don't need <laughs> yeah. to just share your episode yeah. out. I know you shared earlier that one of the ways you get some of these A-listers on your show is you kind of mentioned that you mentioned them in your book for those who you haven't mentioned in the book where you didn't use that kind of playbook how do you get them how do you reach out to them and how long does it take to book someone like that 
Yeah, so I actually have a few interesting stories. So for Pat Flynn, for example, and it's interesting because literally everything that I've done hasn't really been like plotted out. Oh, I'm going to do this and it's going to. Okay, so I had tried to get him on my show for a while. And the only way to contact him is through like a contact form on his website. And I got no response. Probably goes to gatekeepers, you know. Well, he came out with this community called Smart Passive Income or SPI Pro, Smart Passive Income. Mm -hmm. It was like 50 bucks a month. And I thought I would check it out and because some of like his smaller courses are on there and whatnot. Well, he uses a platform called Circle. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't go into it with this plan, but this is what happened. So on Circle, you can direct message people. It's kind of like a Facebook group, but on its own platform sure and it turns out you could direct message him and so i was like well might as well and so (laughs) that's great you're brave so i sent him a message and it was just very short and concise and i told him about my podcast what it's about or who it's for and asked if he'd be interested in being on the show and i even included a booking link well within two hours he had scheduled and responded back to oh, wow. saying, yeah, I'd love to be on. I scheduled, looking forward to it. So I guess the the point there is maybe go where the person is. If you're not able to get a hold of them through social media, through their contact form, email, whatever. If they have a paid community, as long as it's not like a million dollars or something, you know, because right. I like to do things frugally. But yeah, a community of some sort, even if it's like a private Facebook group, I suppose, but especially if it's a paid community or paid, let's say they have a course maybe and you pay for the course. Right. They're, I mean, first of all, the ability to even get access to them is easier because you're like a paid mm-hmm. member. Um, And I guess they're more likely to say yes, apparently, too. Sure. <laughs> so that was. It's like if you're already supporting them, mm-hmm. they probably have some motive to kind of support you back. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Is that how you got JLD too? You said that he's coming on the show soon. So I'm a member of Podcasters Paradise. Okay. And so he had like this little meetup at Podcast Movement for podcast mm-hmm. podcaster paradise people. I see. It, and that's something you pay for as well, then too, right? Yeah. So that's I kind of worked out a deal with him actually. <laughs> because i have this other website called podcast resource directory oh okay and they have free featured placement basically in exchange Uh, got it okay so again me being frugal working out deals basically is what i tend to do i've worked out a few other deals as well where it's kind of like to be able to use their software for free then i do this for them or promote them or feature them on you know something like that Right. So with JLD, you know, I met him in person for the first time at Podcast Movement a couple of weeks ago. And I had asked, actually, I'd asked Kate, his wife, about them being on the show. And so actually, I had both of them scheduled to be on the show. But I think, as I understand it, that he goes on shows that are Podcast Paradise people, basically. Oh, I see. So he also supports the community that he runs. Yeah. And then with Jordan Harbinger, he's the only one I've ever done this for. But that was kind of a pay for play, which I talk about in my book, where that was like 300 to get him on my show. But it, oh, but it, interesting. But it went okay. to charity. Um, And so but I've never done that before. And I probably wouldn't normally because that's like 300 to me when I'm trying to operate under 100 a month. That's like three months. Anyway, <laughs> but that, but I feel like it was worth it since he's like one of the biggest podcasters. And I got to meet him at Podcast Movement as well. Uh, so yeah. many people I met. Um, 
And then Mike Michalowicz I had on. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he has a whole bunch of mm-hmm. books like Profit First. Okay. And the way I got him on, because he's another one I had tried to get on and couldn't get through. Mm-hmm. Well, I was a guest on someone else's show who happened to know him or was an acquaintance of his. And in my email, I had this like, and I also talk about this in the book. I had like this little link that's the Dream 100 and Mike McCallum mm-hmm. was on there and this guy whose show I was on saw that and he's like, oh, by the way, I saw that Mike McCallum is on your Dream 100. You want me to connect y'all? So there was. Oh, so you have a public list. Uh-huh. Your Dream 100. Oh, it's public. That's cool. Yeah. I like that. And so that coupled with the fact that around that time he was releasing a new book. That's another thing to right. get people who maybe don't normally go on podcasts or at least not smaller ones. If you can catch them when they're promoting a book or a course, whatever it might be, you're more likely to get them on at that time. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. I feel like people who are promoting a book, it's like their goal is to get on 50 podcasts or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They go on no, those cool. podcast book tours. Yeah. No, that's a great hack. So I want to be a little bit conscious of time, but I want to just maybe dive in a little bit as my final question around your course. You said you launched it already and you're driving people. And I just want to get a sense of like when you have a podcast where you probably have like 150 to, I don't know, 500 listeners somewhere in that ballpark. How many of these people do go over to something like a course if you're upselling them? Or maybe, I don't know, maybe this is a bad question. Maybe it's not even from your podcast. It's from all these other things you're doing. How big is your course right now? Well, so I just launched it with the book, which came out right before Podcast Movement. So we're talking maybe two weeks. And so the course I've only really been promoting so far as either an upsell for when someone purchases or does the free plus shipping on the book, which I actually just started promoting that yesterday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or I think I've got had like one sign up from that. And then, and then in the book, I talk about the course as well but so yeah not many yet <laughs> not many yet okay yeah. it's getting there what what do you hope for it to be you said your goal in 2023 is kind of have this as your primary business well what do you hope yeah so i mean my primary business or main income source is and would be the podcast production and marketing agency podseam the book and the course and all that are just kind of extra income generators or or they're almost more a way to get someone to find out about me and my company. So I'm not, I see. So podcast production is your main income. Yeah. And what kind of customers do you look for there? What do you provide? Is it editing or the whole producing? Oh, everything. Uh, So the editing and production, like the post-production and that of course includes like, show notes and transcripts and audiograms and social graphics and all of that kind of stuff. Mm. But in addition to that, also marketing through the different kind of methods I talk about in the book, and then even finding ways to monetize that person's podcast. So hopefully they have some kind of ROI on it, whether it's social media ads, but what works better than that actually is podcast player ads or like securing sponsorships for them, setting up like affiliate relationships, different things like that. And so it's kind of like an all-in-one because a lot of companies provide production, but in addition to that, we kind of go beyond that 
as right. well. Right. It sounds like you provide like management yeah, management. services and uh-huh. all that stuff. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. And how do you how do you charge for that? Like what's a typical podcaster pay do they pay per episode? And I've thought about and I might, because sometimes people just kind of want to test you out or they're not sure how long they're gonna be doing their podcasts. So I'm thinking about doing per episode pricing around like maybe three hundred, but that includes all the post production and Mm-hmm. social media and stuff but right now the packages started at a thousand a month and that's for four to five episodes a month but of course if they have more episodes less episodes i can customize that pricing got it so it's like a retainer yeah. about a thousand a month and they can kind of get all the services packaged up together mm-hmm. yeah that's very cool well I'll include that link in the show notes pod scene so i always like to end off our episodes with our final Quick fire five questions. <laughs> so these are just meant to be fun and quick. Um, so question number one for your main podcast, Frugalpreneur, do you collect listener emails? Yeah, I have a lead magnet. Oh, yeah, the book. Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. Question number two, what's the last podcast you recommended to someone besides your own? The last podcast I recommended. I actually subscribed to like almost 40 podcasts. Um, <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Or can you think of a podcast that you actually recommended, like the last one that you were like, oh, you got to listen to that show? Okay, let's see. Well, I think I recommended Market Your Message by Jonathan Milligan fairly recently. That's a pretty good one. And that's more broad than just podcasting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, okay, I'll check that out. Question number three, how much time do you spend producing each episode? Oh, yeah, because I do produce my own show. I would say no less than three hours. Three hours. That's, you know, with the interview and marketing and all that stuff. Oh, well, if you're including the interview, maybe four hours. Four hours. Okay. Makes sense. You have 45 minute type episodes. What's your favorite podcast tool? I like Pod Inbox. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's your favorite one? Wow. Uh, a Pod Page is another one. Full oh, disclaimer, you work for them though, right? Yeah, as of like, I don't know, six weeks ago or something, I worked part-time for them, a customer support. Okay. Um, yeah, that's a good, I've recommended them yeah. many times actually. You know what? Actually, Descript. Mm, I uh-huh. love Descript because you can edit audio, video, transcripts, everything from one spot. Yeah, very cool. No, I love them too. I probably wouldn't be podcasting without them, <laughs> which is probably the biggest recommendation you could give. What social media platform are you mostly on? Well, I'm on all of them, but I've been trying to use LinkedIn more. And I would say LinkedIn. LinkedIn. All right, great. And the final question, what's your primary call to action at the end of each episode? Well, I'm actually changing it to podseam.com forward slash free book switches depending on what I'm promoting. But so that's what I'm promoting right now. That's very cool. Well, there you have it, folks. If you enjoyed Sarah St. John in today's episode, go check out podseam.com slash free book. Grab a free, I think it's 27 ways to monetize your podcast book, right? And thanks for being on the show, Sarah. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for listening to Podcast Growth Hacks. If you like the show, please tell a fellow podcaster about it. This really does help keep our show going. And if you have a podcast growth question that you're kind of curious about, well, I'd love to hear from you. You can leave me an audio message by going to podinbox.com slash podcast. Once again, that's podinbox.com slash 
podcast. I'll include that link in my show notes. I personally respond to all questions I receive there. And once I get your question, I'll find the podcasting expert to answer it on an upcoming episode. We'll play your question and I'll even give you a shout out. Until the next episode, keep creating and keep growing your show.